into the contest. It is Monday the 8th of August. Welcome to Afternoon Sport. 8th of August. That is a very special day in the calendar because it's Shane Lee's birthday. Happy birthday, my friend. Thank you, Timothy. It's uh, it's a nice start of the day. The, the kids came into the bedroom early with a, a big basket with a big bow on it and... Um, I've got a new polo shirt, I've got some new aftershave, I've got a, a new phone case, and um, most importantly, I've got some red wine. Mm, I'll tell you what, they've, <laughs> they've had their thinking caps on. Well, you have a wonderful day. Uh, there's plenty of sport to talk about today. What about Ollie Hoare over the weekend? That was extraordinary, the 1500 metres at the Commonwealth Games. Ricky Stewart, wow, that was just a, a disgrace. There's not too many other words for his reaction after that game, that loss to Penrith. We'll talk about that, plus much, much more. If you're ready for your next thoroughbred racing adventure, then join the Osher Group. They exceed expectations on what racehorse ownership should look like. Australia's racing industry is enjoying unprecedented growth. Through a strategic, well-managed and data-driven approach, there is now a very real opportunity to build a profitable and sustainable thoroughbred portfolio. Find the Osher Group online at theoshergroup.com. Shane, plenty of uh, really good action over the last few days at the Commonwealth Games. We've seen our women cricketers win. We've seen the hockey roos go down narrowly. Peter Bowl just beaten. But the story, and I think the story of the Games has been Oliver Hall winning the, the 1,500 metres on the track and sort of, uh, you know, names like Herb Elliott, John Landy are being mentioned, um, Ron Clark. Yeah, unbelievable. Oliver Hall, uh, 1,500 metres and probably arguably – the, one of the toughest um, fields in the whole Commonwealth Games um, up against a number of Kenyans. He just performed really well, particularly after he had a really bad world championship, didn't place anywhere, and came back to to pip the Kenyan on the line. Um, just an unfortunate name, really, isn't it, Oliver Hall? <laughs> anyway, it was a funny uh, it was a funny live read from, um, from uh, I think, Bruce McIlvain is saying, Hall not finished yet, but uh, it made me giggle. Yeah, there's a couple of double on talk. But, the, uh, but look, he is, he's just extraordinary, Bruce McIlvain. I loved his call. I know he's only yep. uh, going to be doing it for a certain amount of time. He's been doing it for so long. But uh, just to see his excitement, and I saw a, a really nice edited package on Channel 7 of, of that victory, and it was one of those moments that will live uh, forever in the Australian sporting yep. Landscape because it was such a narrow win. It was a, a a grinding, gripping finish, and I think they will be the pitches that uh, everyone remembers from Birmingham uh, 2022. Uh, a brutal end for Michelle Jenicky. This uh, Michelle's the the dancing sort of jiggling uh, hurdler. Yes, yeah, she always makes you smile when she's on the blocks and she does her little jig and um, with a big grin. But yeah, just uh, outclassed really in the hundred meter hurdles. Um, yeah, finishing fifth and. Uh, she did say prior to the meet that she was in the uh, probably the best um, shape of her life, um, and she was really hoping to to medal, uh, but unfortunately finished fifth. Nick Kyrgios into the Washington Open final, and are we seeing are we seeing the best of Nick Kyrgios? I think are we are we seeing a couple of years here of really good results. Oh, I hope so. Uh, we're definitely seeing his best tennis at the moment. And particularly, look, um, he finished his semi final at one a.m. Didn't get to sleep the day before against Tafoe. And then had to go into the final, and 
and um, yeah, against Mikhail Yammer and one seven six six three, very comfortable. He just seems very relaxed. I've said it before. I said it last week that he seems very relaxed in his own skin, and he's playing that way. And he's just playing really good tennis. He's serving well, and he's not imploding as much. And uh, it seems like he's very very happy with his home life. Therefore, that's sort of projecting onto the courts. Yeah, which which is a good thing. Let's hope he has a, has a great run because uh, yeah, if you imagine if he won a US Open or something like that, that that oh. would be just extraordinary. Hopefully, give him the confidence to achieve what he has got the ability to achieve. He's an extraordinary tennis player. Now, the Premier League, all our friends, our English Premier League friends, have got big smiles on their faces because it's up and away, and Jurgen Klopp not not completely happy with Liverpool. Uh, big win for Tottenham over Southampton. Yeah, the EPL underway. It is underway, mate. But Liverpool, um, a two-all draw against Fulham and a very, very ordinary start, you have to say, for Liverpool. We have big expectations on them for this season. But Tottenham uh, were one goal down and they came home, smoked Southampton 4-1 in the end. So plenty of goals being scored in round one. Yeah, absolutely. And uh yeah, I had that opportunity to watch Manchester United a few weeks ago with against Crystal Palace, and they were obviously mm. uh, just on the doorstep of the competition. Boy, oh boy, it's just extraordinary to watch live. All right, stay with us because we're going to talk AFL, NRL, and plenty more. What about the Collingwood Flagpies, Shane? They're calling them the Flagpies. 11 straight, this time over the Melbourne Demons. I said all last week I was looking forward to this match, and it did not disappoint. It was a great game of football, and the Cardiac Kids doing it again, winning towards the end of the match. They just have a real fight in them. Um, There was a couple of, and I won't mention his name, but old Ed called out and saying they were all duck and no dinner, and they absolutely smashed him in the first quarter. Let him know that uh, they weren't very impressed with his comments. And they just have a real fight him at the moment. Dugowie, um has had a lot of issues, we know, this summer. But he was unbelievable. Um, I think 20 possessions or more. Um, kicked a couple of goals as well. And, uh, yeah, they have a real fight in them, Collingwood. And they're going to be bloody tough to beat, I think. What about Geelong? Well, Geelong's the other team, isn't it? They, they have 11 wins in a row as well. Um, and they, they're just going from strength to strength. I just think that Collingwood have a bit more of a... I don't know, a bit of a dog, doggy, dog attitude and real fight in them that um, I think the teams that do beat Geelong and have beaten them over the last few years is when they get really physical. And I think Collingwood had the ability to do that. Yeah, it's interesting. It's, it's a fantastic run in. Josh Kennedy was brilliant. Oh, mate. And I, I watched this game. I've always been a big fan of Josh Kennedy. And, you know, he's uh, ended up kicking 776 goals. He kicked last eight goals at his last match. And unfortunately, the team couldn't get it done from Adelaide winning in the end. But uh, yeah, he was always really good to watch. He had that stuttering run up where he sort of like he was he sort of half shake before he kicked the ball. But the last couple of steps were like silk, and uh, he finishes on two hundred ninety three AFL games with seven hundred and seventy six goals. Amazing effort. Let's look at the rugby league, and I get on very well with Ricky Stewart. Always have, but I found his comments yesterday or the night before, obviously um, after the loss to Penrith. Just astonishing. I don't think I've seen anything quite like it in a media conference to get up there. And obviously there's history between himself and his family and uh, Jamin Salmon, the, the, the fill-in 5'8 for Penrith. But to get in there in a press conference and call someone a dog. A weak, gutted dog. And called him that three times. Appalling. And this has always been Ricky Stewart's problem. He gets way too emotional for a coach. It's okay being emotional when you're on the paddock yourself. The thing that I didn't like, that he said he, this kid, this salmon kid, was 
as a kid was a weak gutted dog. Like, and you're an adult, mate. You don't call any kid a weak gutted dog. You don't call anyone that, let alone a kid. And then said he was a weak gutted dog when he was a kid. He's a weak gutted dog now. And uh, I think Ricky Stewart's in really, really big trouble. He's going to get sued, I think, from Salmon's family. And I think he could be stood down by the Raiders. Yeah, and what did the NRL do? I've only heard from Ab- Andrew yep. Abdel at this point. We haven't heard from Peter Volandis, but they are going to do something over the next few days. And it, it, it'll probably be a very different kind of punishment. It has to be financial, but you'd almost think you've got to stand someone down for a number of weeks over this. He eventually apologised for it. But um, as you say, uh, there are reports around that Jamin Salmon's family are seeking legal advice and look you're right about Ricky just looking at at the passion side of things the problem is for and Justin Lang a very different story but but you'll know what I'm talking about you cannot do what you did as a player as a coach it doesn't matter how close you stand to the sideline or stand to the fence you've got to You've got to be the mentor. You've got to get the best out in your place. So by getting too close, all you do, I think, is get in the way sometimes. Um, and, and this is what this is what has happened here. And that's why you see his teams go on an emotional roller coaster ride with him, and they they perform well in patches, and then they don't. They're very inconsistent. A lot of the teams that he's coached over the years. Yes, he's won a premiership, but he was dealt a very very good team with the Roosters then. But, yeah, he's, uh, he's, for my liking, way too emotional as a coach. All right, let's look at the footy because uh, the Roosters, uh, for me, they were the standout over the weekend, along with Penrith, because Penrith, no Cleary, no Jerome Luai, and they still mm. got out there and they really, uh, they towed up Canberra and obviously that added to Ricky's frustration. But um, the, I think the Roosters can have a tilt. I, I really do. If they get, you know, they get these next few wins, they've got to play the Cowboys this week, which won't be easy. But they, they look like the real deal. They do. And you've been saying this for a few weeks now, Timmy. And um, the, the minute I tipped uh, Manly to have a, a good, strong run home, they haven't won a game since. <laughs> Maybe I shut up on rugby league. But look, the Roosters do look good. They, they look very balanced. I think the halves are getting it right. Um, they have a lot of go forward with their forwards um, and some real uh, you know geniuses out wide. So, yeah, the Roosters, you have to say, are a fair chance, are peaking at the right yeah. time. Yeah, and, and, and Cronulla, a narrow win over the Dragons. It's going to be an interesting finish over the next few weeks in both the AFL and the Rugby League, which uh, we'll all enjoy. That was pretty hard to watch, that uh, little stadium collapse at Leichhardt Oval, wasn't it? Uh, particularly after the last week of all the, the stadium and grounds chatter and upgrades. Amazing, wasn't it? Perrottet versus Volandis, and um, Volandis saying, need to upgrade the stadiums, and, and Perrottet saying, no, I'll put some money into people who are struggling due to the floods, and I have to agree with Perrottet on that one. But, uh, yeah, it was Joey's versus Riverview. Uh, there were a lot of reunions out there. The, the ground was absolutely packed, and thank goodness no one was um, uh, seriously injured when that, that sort of rail burst and, and they fell probably a metre or so onto concrete. If it was any higher, they were in big trouble. But, uh, yeah, fortunately, no one injured. I think the boys had enough beers in them to probably rubber rubber, rubber down onto the cement. But, um, yeah, thank goodness no one was injured. Joey's won that match, by the way. Yeah, it was only lucky that no one did get injured because quite a yeah. few of them did fall and the inner west mayor is going to look into stadium safety. And, obviously, uh, there is a um, you know there's accountability in place for a number of levels sure. of government. I just don't see the reason why they need to redo anything at Penrith. I just think that that is 
you know, just not needed. We don't need a new stadium at Penrith. It, like, and that's, well, what, 300 to $450 million. So why wouldn't you just go around and spend that money and just, you know, get these yeah. other grounds at least up to speed anyway, at least up to speed. Maybe not their full renovation. But anyway, that discussion's not going to be answered between us today. What about rugby? That was a courageous win by the Wallabies over the Pumas. It was a good win. Uh, we were down 19-10 half-time and uh, came back to win 41-26. And look, uh, Hooper pulled out, said he wasn't right to lead the team or, or fit enough mentally to, to play in the match. Um, James Slipper took over as captain and, um, and and a good win. I just think that the Wallabies, there's a few guys with a bit of fight in there in, the, in, their, in their game and um, in their psyche, which is a good sign for the future. Um, but the Pumas have had a pretty ordinary couple of years, apart from their recent series against Scotland. So we, we, we should have won that match. But, uh, yeah, a good fight, a good come-from-behind victory. And Lando Norris, he wants to stay out of the hole, Daniel Ricciardo thing. Well, you can't blame him, can you? It's um, It looks like Ricciardo will be stood down come 2023 and uh, and they'll pay him out, which will be a significant payout with one, one year le- uh, left on your contract. And Oscar Piastri will come in uh, and take over. But you can understand Lando doesn't want to get between um, his current partner and his potentially new partner. No, exactly. Uh, what about yourself today? What are you going to do to celebrate your birthday? Are you going to have a jam? Uh, no, we're going to take it pretty easy today. I'm going to have dinner with the family tonight with the kids. So they've got something planned. Mm. So it'll, it'll be a, it's a Monday, mate. I'm going to be... Uh, Gotta be sensible. Had a nice, had a nice dinner on Saturday night at friends at a friend's house, Richard and Christine's house, and uh, really enjoyed that. So uh, I recovered slowly yesterday, and I'll I'll do the same today. Oh, well, you enjoy it. No doubt you get your acoustic out there this <laughs> afternoon and just have an orange juice and have a play. But that leads us to our uh, our finishing story today. You you were bouncing around a few messages over the weekend. I was enjoying watching it. The four luckiest guys in music. Yeah, well, I had to, who are they? Well, I had this discussion with a, a mate of mine, Mikey Willisy Jr., and uh, over a few beers one night, and we said, "Who are the luckiest musicians of all time?" We both agreed that Ringo Starr um, was very lucky to be part of the Beatles. We also agreed that Art Garfunkel, because we thought Paul Simon was a bit of a genius and Simon and Garfunkel, we agreed that Andrew Ridgely from Wham, uh, because because George Michael was the absolute genius. Wake me up. And then Mikey reckons that the fourth luckiest guy of all time is Richard Cheekway from Six and Out. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's tough. That's, that's a bit harsh on Cheeks. Th- I would have thought Brad McNamara was a lucky one in that bunch. But I think we're all pretty lucky. We had to play in that group. But, uh, yeah, Mikey made me laugh with that comment. Love it. That's it for Afternoon Sport today. Make sure you hit follow or subscribe wherever you listen. A big thank you to our sponsors. Fantastic sponsors, the Osher Group. If you're in the market for a racehorse and you need some real expertise, contact the boys at the Osher Group. They'll help you out. And, of course, a big thank you to our wonderful producer, Dan McHugh. We're back tomorrow with your daily dose of sport. We'll see you then, guys. Take care. Building Resilience Podcast. They play in different arenas, but sports and business have massive similarities. Elite athletes and top business leaders flourish through the physical and psychological demands their high-stress careers place on them. The Building Resilience Podcast explores the world of sport and deconstructs the tools and ethos of world-class athletes that can help us create growth and optimize business and life. Come find the Building Resilience Podcast on your favorite podcast app.